everyone and welcome to Footy Nest. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Maddie. On Footy Nest, we talk about women's soccer, highlighting the NWSL and the national teams. Today, we'll be changing it up a bit and doing our first interview with Haley Lucas. Haley Lucas is a 24-year-old female soccer player from Pleasanton, California. She's a defender for N Avant de Guicamp or EAG in France. She has written a book called Greater Than a Tourist, California, 800 Travel Tips from Locals, and is a mentor director for female footballers. Female Footballers is a women-led organization that offers camps, clinics, and mindset training for young female athletes to develop as players and leaders. Young female empowerment is enabled through female-led mentorship and programming by current and former female athletes. The mentorship program provides opportunities for professional and former collegiate female athletes to give back to their sport by facilitating mindset training and mentorship to young players based on their athletic and leadership experiences. The mentors are basically just giving you um, young female athletes what they wish they had growing up. You can find more information about female footballers at femalefootballers.org or at femfootballers on Instagram. And more information about Haley at at Haley Lucas, H-A-L-E-Y-Y-L-U-K-A-S on Instagram. everybody this is this is Haley Lucas um she's pro soccer player um yeah so we have a couple questions that way our audience can get to know you better yeah so do you want to just start off by telling us a little bit about yourself yeah thank you guys for having me so my name is Haley Lucas I'm a professional soccer player I play in France for a team called Anivant Gangon uh, which is EAG which is easier for our non-French speakers and I've been here for about six months now. Um, I grew up in Pleasanton, California in the Bay Area. I played for Mustang Soccer Club and I went to UC Berkeley where I played soccer as well as studied business administration and disability studies. So I love the soccer part of my life that I'm able to continue to take it to the professional level and get to travel as well and see the world. And when I'm not playing soccer, um, I like to work on a lot of different projects, whether that's volunteering with organizations such as Female Footballers, which focuses on female empowerment and helping young women become leaders in the game, or working on freelance writing projects as well. So I'll do that. And then I also tutor in English. So try to keep myself busy outside of the soccer piece. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. Um, so what have been some of the best parts about playing pro so far in your time? Um, playing pro, I think the best parts so far have been able to continue to grow my game at the next level. So when you progress from club to college to professional, you're continuing to push yourself because you're playing against some of the best players in the world every day at training, as well as in the games that you play against others. And specifically playing in Europe, I've been able to 
see a lot of the world. I think in the past two years, I've been to 16 different countries. So getting to travel and um, learn about other cultures has definitely been a rewarding part of the experience outside of soccer, but because of soccer. What's your favorite country that you've been to? Hmm. I think the Netherlands. I went there in March and it was really cool. Yeah. I visited some friends a few years ago. It's beautiful. Yeah, I've been there so beautiful. on their bikes all yeah. the time. So it's Yeah, nice. you got to be careful though because they'll just hit you if you're not looking. We went in the winter and we had to bike and it was freezing. And I don't even get cold, so that's saying something. Did you guys go in the museums there? Got really cool museums. I was just there sort one of. day because it was like in the middle of two flights, but yeah. Nice. We two weeks, but it was like snowing every day, so we kind of stayed inside and we were like visiting friends that we hadn't seen in 2 years, so that's a fun trip. Go back. I do want to go to a lot of the museums. Cool. So let's move on to the next question. So what, um, what's been your favorite team to play on? I have to say my college team at Cal, um, the Golden Bears, just such a team environment, um, getting to grow a program for four years with players and get to meet new people as well as, um, all work towards a common goal. You get to play for your school and represent your colors. And that was a really special time that I miss. I miss college a bit, but I definitely miss my teammates and playing with them. It must be easier than being in France because of a language barrier. That's definitely been the hardest part of playing in Europe in general is not being able to speak the same language. And I think the hardest part of that is not only on the field where you can learn the words for like left, right, man on and that kind of stuff, but developing friendships and relationships with your teammates are a little harder when you guys can't talk to each other. Have you been able to learn French? Yeah, I'm getting there. Um, the club provided a teacher for us when I first got here. So I've been taking lessons. He's on vacation right now. So I'm hoping to get back into that soon. But I also do Duolingo every day. So practicing my French. Um, I can have a conversation with someone. It's just pretty slow. And then, of course, when they're talking at me super fast, I'm like, okay, you need to slow down. But other than that, it's been pretty cool. I'm excited to hopefully be fluent by the time I leave here. That's awesome. I wish I could speak another language. It's really hard. Um, so who were some of your favorite players growing up, and how did they affect the way you played? Some of my favorite players. So I was kind of thinking about my favorite players of all time and then also the ones that were um, – on the team, I guess, that I would have grown up with. So I think my favorite players of all time are Brandy Chastain, um, Julie Foudy, and Megan Rapino. And uh, Brandy Chastain plays my position. She's a left back, too. So it was, I was trying to model my game after her a little bit. And when I was being recruited to college, um, Santa Clara was also another option. And so she was a coach there. And it was really cool being able to go to a camp and actually get feedback from her and be recruited by her, someone who is one of the best soccer players of all time, getting to experience that. So the way she played definitely shaped um, how I wanted to be as a player. And then players I kind of grew up watching. I watched Megan play for the University of Portland in college. I would go to some of her games and it was just so cool because she wasn't Megan Rapino at the time. She was just this fast little technical player with short hair. I'm like, who is that? And then she ends up being so successful. So that's been awesome to see her uh, reach this level of success that she's had. Yeah, that's awesome. I love Julie Foudy. Um, <laughs> in, I think 
her podcast uh, laughter permitted was one of the reasons that I wanted to start this one um she's just insane I love her so much so I make me happy that you like her too yeah she's also just a great speaker and leader and I think that's what I obviously she's a beast at soccer but I think something I really appreciate about her was how much she cared about her teammates and creating that environment so that's someone I looked up to as a leader as well as a player still hear um, when she's talking about them and when they used to play you can still hear how much she does care about them and how much they were more of a family instead of just teammates and I think that like cool part of women's soccer is that you know them more as people whereas sometimes in men's soccer they're just this like like just a person but like not really a person just a player an icon and so are these players, but, like, you get to know them a bit better. I feel like they're just more, like, I don't know, family people. I don't know. Yeah. It just seems like that. Yeah, they're approachable. And I think the cool thing with social media, like, that definitely wasn't around when I was growing up with these players. But now you get to see the current national team players and what they do every day, how funny they are, all that kind of stuff. So it's cool to get to know them. You feel like you really know them. I feel like I know them. They have- <laughs> Who I am. I feel like I'm them. Um, so you said that you really liked your college team. So what are some of the differences in playing from um what are some of the differences playing college and playing pro in in France? I think the biggest difference is just the level of detail that they care about from the coach's perspective. So it's kind of as you go at every level when you increase. So from club to college, things get more specific, more intense. So the intensity level is always going to increase. But the biggest thing is that your coach cares about every touch, cares about what direction it's going, cares what foot it's going to land on the other player. So it's less about you and more about how your touches impact the rest of the game or what you do influences everything else. So it's a lot about positioning your body. Like as in, as a defender, when I'm shifting or sliding my chest position or how my shoulders are turned is very important to my coach making sure I can see the player on my left as well as be in line so it's those tiny details versus if I was kind of facing my center back so those are the things that they really care about at the next level is attention to detail and specifically in Europe versus I think the American college game is just how technical it is Everyone is very fast and strong in the United States. That's kind of what I think sets us apart um, is our athleticism. But then you get to Europe and it's a lot more focused on the execution of passes, of technique, which is cool because that's an area of my game that I've been able to grow because I didn't really have to think about it as much when I was playing in the U.S. That's really interesting. Like how how the detail, because from playing at, a level that we are at right now like I'm only 14 and and so you think that they care about detail but they really don't in the grand scheme of things and it's a lot more about right now it's kind of like they're trying to teach us to just play with our team instead of just like everyone for themselves and so it's interesting to think about how going forward we're gonna have to pay a lot more attention to detail than we do right now. In my team it's also kind of centered around detail just because um, my team has been together for a while, so we're kind of used to it, um, like being together as a team. But um, probably playing in Europe is like very different. Um, Yeah, I can just imagine like the difference between like college, which is like probably more like winning and like 
being friends and like stuff like that, like representing your team. And I feel like it just seems like it would be very, very different. Yeah. Yeah, I think both are winning. So like our coaches, like they're our bosses, right? If we don't win, then that's a problem. And so they kind of want to focus on every little thing that will help help make execution better. So at training, it's a little harder for me just because my coach will yell at me in French and then we have to like figure out what he's what we're supposed to be talking about and getting on the same page. But um, yeah, it's all about as you guys progress, like you're saying now, like you're worried about um, playing together and there's more emphasis on that. But as you continue to get more comfortable with each other, just thinking about little things like what foot should I pass the ball to so that it's easier for them to make a decision and have them be successful. And that's something that my college coach also talked about a little bit too, was like, how can we position ourselves and play the game to make it easier for our teammates? Cause that makes the whole unit work more cohesively. Yeah. That's a good thing to think about. <laughs> um, what has been the most important thing you've learned playing professionally? Um, most important thing. Um, I would say that from a soccer perspective, the most important thing is just um, really kind of going back on that detail piece, but every training is 100%. I think when we're younger, it's a little bit more, um, some days we can kind of chill, we can have a little more fun, a little bit more lighthearted, but at the pro level, you're expected to perform every single day. So it's coming into training with a mindset of I'm going to perform today, which includes getting enough sleep, making sure that we're eating well before practice and really channeling all of our energy into doing well in that training session because you end up on the field or you don't for your game. So it's a little, stakes are a little bit higher in that someone could be taking your spot in those kind of pieces. So the most important thing is just showing up for every day, which I think is something that I've always done, but it's a lot more obvious if you don't show up. So really coming to perform and one of my favorite quotes, I think, is instead of having to do something, we get to do something. So in soccer and being able to play at this level, I don't have to play at this level. I don't have to play soccer, but it's something I get to do. I'm privileged of doing. So taking advantage of the opportunity and showing up to be my best every day. And I think that's something I'll carry over into all the jobs I have. Soccer seems like a dream job. Like you get to play your favorite sport for a living, but it seems super intense. Like. It is intense. I think uh, that part, like part of me is like, okay, got to focus, got to stay in shape, but also remembering that soccer is fun. It is a game and getting to enjoy it. But it is definitely a dream job that I've been very fortunate to be a part of. You always want to play pro soccer? No. Uh, I've kind of when I came out of college, I was saying, you know what, if I get to play professional, that's awesome. If not, there's a lot of other things I want to do. So I think it's a very long life. And after I stop playing soccer, I would like to go back to law school and as well as business school, and then hopefully become a lawyer slash be involved in some leadership position at a company one day. Awesome. Also, it sounds like a lot of school. <laughs> I don't know that I school. Yeah. Good for you. We kind of really yeah. this with like the language barrier and stuff, but how is life in a different country? Like, um, the geography is so different. Like everything's closer together. I feel like. Yeah, in California, you drive eight hours and you're still in California. 
Right. But it's something I have noticed is that you can get to Los Angeles to San Francisco in like what, seven hours or something like that. Cause it's just a straight shot. But if you want to go anywhere in Europe, you're taking these windy roads. So it takes you five hours to go probably half the distance. So that's kind of strange, but living in a foreign country, I think it's really cool because you get to see a totally different culture, totally different world. Every building in my town is older than the United States pretty much. So it's cool to see that architecture. I'm really into architecture and culture and stuff like that. So in our downtown area here, all the streets are cobblestone. It's very unique and different. Um, And then just getting to experience different people and how they live. The French culture specifically is very different. Um, There's a lot more of a relaxed, slower pace of life than Americans are used to. So that's been kind of interesting to see the differences. Um, And I also have lived in Poland and Serbia. So those cultures were totally different. So getting to compare those is pretty fun. And then logistically, it's just a little more challenging. Like you go to the bank and you have to kind of mime your way through conversations or if you need to talk to someone and you're not fluent yet, you use a lot of Google Translate. But you make it work. It's pretty cool. Do you think that you're going to go play somewhere else before retiring? I'm not sure yet. I'm in France for another two years. So we'll kind of see where that um, takes me kind of after that. But I would love to see another country too, if that would be a possibility. Uh, It's been a really cool way to travel because in college we were playing soccer. I didn't get to study abroad. So this is my long version of studying abroad, but without the studying part. Sounds nice. Yeah. I think that's our last question. Um, Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, it was great talking to you. We learned a lot. Everyone else will learn a lot too. just thank you so much for giving us your time. And, and good luck for having me. Seasons. Yes, of course. Thank you. I'm sure you'll like to know this. We play Lyon tomorrow um, for our semifinal cup game. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to be going up against Lucy Bronze pretty much the whole time. So I know that's your gal, Maddie. Nuts. Uh, but that's, that'll be kind of crazy. That's crazy. How's coronavirus there? Like, are there fans in the stadiums? Um, there will be, we're playing in our men's stadium tomorrow, so it's a bigger one and everyone has to wear masks and they're kind of spreading them out, but coronavirus is okay here. It's definitely not as bad as the U S but where I live specifically, it's really nice weather. It's not too hot. So all the people come over here for vacation and that's made some cases spike a little bit. So we have to be really careful wearing masks, washing our hands, all that good stuff. Well, stay safe. Also tell me. Thank you. I appreciate it. You should, you should do that. <laughs> yeah. I'll, let's see if we can get her on the podcast. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Just in the middle of the game. Hey, this, this little dweeb, Maddie, says hi. <laughs> yeah, I'll be like, oh, she's so cool. It'll be cool. to. Pl- it's cool to play against players like that, you know, the ones that you watch on TV and, like, I've watched growing up because this is only my third year playing professionally. So a lot of these players I play against, I've never been able to – see in person and I've only watched them on TV so it's pretty cool that's that's exactly that's what I want to do I want to be able to play against the players that I'm right now or play with them play with them exactly but our last our last game before coronavirus um kind of halted everything was against PSG and Formiga who's a seven-time world cup person uh for Brazil she was on the field and 
we went to a tackle. She stepped on me. Like that was my claim to fame. Like Formiga stepped on me. So little things like that, that I'll remember forever. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. It was great. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Haley. Now it's time for Maddie's Week in Recap. So, Houston has decided to celebrate like the USWOT after the Women's World Cup in 2019. So, for anybody who watched the watched the women closely after the World Cup, or not even closely, if you just followed them on Instagram, all their stories, they were <laughs> drunk for a week. <laughs> um, they were going crazy. Even the young, well, everyone except Tierna Davidson, because she was not of age, so she couldn't drink <laughs> alcohol. Um, <laughs> I would have been the same. But Tierna Davidson isn't even on the Houston Dash. No, she's on the national team. Oh, yeah. That, oh, yeah, and so they were going crazy. They were drunk. It was they were partying like nobody's business. And so Houston, after they won the Challenge Cup, decided to party just like the women's national team. And they are coincidentally the only team in the NWSL that doesn't have a national team or a national team, a U.S. national team player. And so they got to party the way they did, and um, Chicago ended up partying with them a little bit, um, so we got to see Christy Mewis, especially Christy Mewis, get crazy drunk and have so much fun with all that beer, and it was <laughs> very entertaining if you can go find any of the, um, the things on Instagram showing. It was, it was very entertaining to watch. Um, okay, so, Re-Inc., which is the company that Megan Rapino, Megan Klingenberg, Tobin Heath, and Kristen Press co-founded, um, has just dropped, which I, what I think is their last, um, I think it's their last summer drop, and it's called Hero, and it's a bunch of different bright colors, it's, uh, like, this peachish color, this purplish color, and then, like, teal and black, and it's all, like, checkered, and it's actually really cool. I wish I could get some of these shorts. They're beautiful. Um, uh, but yeah, they just dropped their last uh, their last drop of the summer. So go check that out, even though I'm pretty sure it was all sold out after like the first five minutes because Whoa. that's what usually happens for Re-Ink. I don't even know how people get the money. They're like 90 bucks for a pair of shorts, but <laughs> it's okay. Uh, go check that out. And Do you have then, any Re-Ink merch? Oh, I wish. It's <laughs> so expensive and it runs out so fast. I could never... Um, but I, I really want some. <laughs> if anyone wants to send me some, go ahead. <laughs> or support our podcast on anchor.fm slash nest. <laughs> yeah, or just, like, send me re-anchorage, but, you know, not the point. So, Nike released a new commercial, and it was Megan Rapino uh, commentating in the background, and it was a bunch of different athletes from all different sports all different teams and it was like showing it was split in half and it would be one team to the next and it was men and women and disabled players and all these it was it was a great commercial and it was I don't know exactly what the point of the commercial was but it was a great one anyway <laughs> it was a great one anyways go look it up Megan Rapino. um we had some of our uh some of our teams on it and it was it was actually amazing and the the transitions in this commercial are nuts so if you are interested in 
uh, like technology creativity or whatever video editing and yeah stuff. that go check it out it's a awesome commercial so on as all of you should know on orlando pride um got kicked out of or not kicked out they got they withdrew from the challenge cup because as they should as they should have because three young players decided to go out and go to a bar like three days before the challenge cup then got covid then spread it to other people on the team super upset about it wear your mask wear your mask don't go out please we're missing out on our childhood here Eh, not that big of a deal, but people are dying, <laughs> yeah. so, like, wear your masks, please. Um, and so, they had to withdraw from the Challenge Cup, and then didn't get to train, and had to quarantine. Like, Ash and Allie had to sit on opposite sides of the house for really? two weeks, because they weren't allowed, Aww. well, until they got tested, actually, I think. But they all had to quarantine for two weeks, um, like, super quarantine, not see anybody, um, because those players ruined it, whom I will not share the names of, but... I'm not sure about all of Orlando, but Ash, Allie, and Sid have started training again, which is really exciting. The three yeah. of them have started training. I want to start... Well, I did start training, too. Yeah, I started training, I train too, with them. but we had to stay socially distanced, which is kind of hard for the defenders, because then they can't get within six feet. Yeah. But, yeah. I want to start training with Ash, Allie, and Sid. I would learn <laughs> so much. Um, but, yeah, the three of them have started training again, and then... This is the most important thing of all of them. Pino is in the wobble. I know that makes no sense explain to anybody. What the is. I'm going to explain <laughs> what the wobble is. I know that makes no sense to anybody. So basically, well, they called the when the um, NWL was they were in a bubble, right? Because they weren't allowed to go out and see other people. They weren't even like allowed to leave the hotel grounds, right? It was like the farthest they could go was the parking lot. So they had to like order in food if they were getting food and all these different things right just go to the coffee truck that was on campus it honestly doesn't sound that bad no i would love to be in the bubble it would have been great for me i would have i would have you get to be with your friends all day yeah except you have to wear masks but well yeah it's okay i would have loved it but so the wnba is now doing basically the same thing and they're calling theirs the wobble because they're the wnba right so instead of the bubble they're the wobble and so Pino, as we all know, did not go join the bubble, did not play with her team, did not come to the Challenge Cup, but now, shockingly, she's in the wobble. Well, that's because her wife is there. Girlfriend. Oh, girlfriend. Oh. They're, they're not married. They should. they should be married, but they're <laughs> not. Um, they've talked about it a little bit. How do you know? Because I've seen everything. I'm obsessed. No, it's in the, what was it called? The wind down or the whatever it was called with Pino and Sue. Anyways. I don't remember what it was called. She's basically in the wobble. Yes. <laughs> so they talked about how they were possibly going to get married. Um, But Pino's in the wobble with the WNBA. And so I was pretty shooketh. Um, because I was like, but why does she be in that bubble and not our bubble? Like, what is this? But she did give a reason for why she was not in the bubble. She did say that because she's all old, she didn't want to go and hurt herself because she didn't get enough pre, like, preseason training. Um, and she would have broken herself, um, (laughs) and wouldn't have been able to go to the Olympics, but she's in the bubble. She's wearing a mask. Follow her. Wear a mask, please. Please. Also, watch the WNBA, because they're good and they're awesome. 
and everyone like supered. Um, but yeah. So wear a mask, watch the WNBA, watch that Nike commercial, go buy re ink merch. If it's not sold out already. It's probably sold out. Um, and yeah. Go watch Sydney Lurie's stories when she wakes up her her little baby. Her baby real. And now we've got Sarah's boot of the week. So previously we've done pretty new boots, except for that one really old Adidas one. But now we have one that's gone from old to new, and it's still like still going. Um, the Adidas Copa Mundial. Um, the most iconic wearer, which is like basically kind of when it started, was Franz Beckenbauer, who was a man. Um, it's the best-selling boot of all time, and it's still being sold today um, on sp- sporting store- stores worldwide. It's made of kangaroo leather or synthetic um, material, I think, right now. And the Copa Mundial was the lightest boot ever made um, before the new boots now and was made to exploit speed and versatility. In that regard, it's still considered the first modern boot and would be and would be years ahead of its competition and still competes favorably in the market today. So you might not see that many players wearing the Adidas um, Copa Mundial, but um, that's probably because of um, it's so it sells so much. Like you wouldn't expect it com- um, comparing it to so many of the boots that are um, like in stores right now. But it sells so well, so they just never had a reason to have to spend so much marketing money on having players wear it. So um, you probably already knew about this boot. I just wanted to include it because it was just super important in the history of um, boots. Thanks for listening to Footy Nest with Maddie and Sarah. If you like our podcast and want to know more, go check out our Instagram, Twitter, or website. Our information is in the description. Join us next time when we will be interviewing Cassie Gray, the founder of Female Footballers. Adios! Adios.